Willie Adamas for Keaton Wynn straight up. Would you do it? Would I do it? Bleacher Report suggested it. We'll get to that question and many others next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and with the Locked On Podcast Network since 2019, coming up on our five-year anniversary um that always throws me off when i add that in but anyway um thanks for making locked on giants your first listen every day we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts including youtube check us out there if you have not already and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're watching or following or listening to the show today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. make every moment more new customers join today and you'll get 200 dollars in bonus bets if your first bet of five dollars or more wins visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started and where we get started, it is a mailbag edition of the show. And my goodness, when you have like 84, 86 responses, it takes me so long to, the whole process is crazy, but we got them, we sorted them, and we've got some questions. And the first set of questions are all about Willie Adamas. Um, it's really just two questions. The first coming from Michael Morse Burner, who says, Bleacher Report proposed a trade of Adamas for Keaton Wynn straight up. I'd assume the Brewers would want another guy. So what would you think about Wynn and Meckler or another guy like that? So, you know, I I don't know if it was in a dream or if I was actually just thinking about this. It kind of feels like it, it was a dream, but I think I was probably just thinking about it consciously. Like, what would it take to get Willie Adamas? And I think in some ways, less than people think because of the fact that he's only under team control for one more year. The Brewers don't have a ton of leverage there because if they don't retain them him, uh, themselves, him themselves, then they get nothing except they could put the qualifying offer on him, I suppose. But Keaton Wynn, I honestly think that uh, what my point was that in my thinking, I was kind of like Keaton Wynn straight up. Willie Adamas like that that kind of felt like enough and I think if if it was Wynn and Meckler then you'd probably have the Brewers agreeing to that and so I would do win for Adamas straight up um keep in mind you're only you would only be getting Adamas for one guaranteed year so giving up you know the six years of Keaton Win that and you know the potential that he has which we don't know yet if he'll reach but it's it's all about the the team years of team control one for Adamus, six for Keaton Wynn because he didn't get a full year of service time in 2023 and there's also like payroll considerations so if we check i mean Keaton Wynn of course making the le- the league minimum as a uh, rookie or at least under 3 years of service certainly and Willie Adamus um what is his salary? We're going to scroll down and find 12.25 million. And so very, 
you know, reasonable for a player of his caliber. He's also only 28. This is the kind of guy I've, I did a whole episode on him where I feel like you, you would try to extend him, like trade for him and extend him and just have your shortstop because clearly like they wanted to get like their long-term answer at short when they agreed to terms with Carlos Correa. Now that Brandon Crawford's a free agent and I, I just don't think there's, I haven't looked thoroughly at next year's free agent shortstop class, but I think, you know, building around, you know, you know, a good borderline all-star caliber player in Adamus, not building around, but, you know, having him be a core piece for years to come would be excellent. And so, yeah, I would, I would probably do both of those things. Um, it's a little bit of a lot. <laughs> That sounds funny. Uh, when you add in Meckler to Keaton Wynn, I really think Keaton Wynn alone might be enough. And some of you probably think I'm crazy, but it's just one guaranteed year, and Keaton Wynn has legitimate upside. Next question about Adamus comes from comes from Gigantes Fu, who says, Why are so many people asking for Adamus instead of finally seeing what we have in Luciano? LOL. Um, well, I would implore you to check out my full episode talking about Willie Adamas from last week at some point. And, and the, the title is like the San Francisco Giants should trade for Willie Adamas. And um, so why are so many people, including myself, asking for Adamas? It's because, um, in my opinion, in regards to Luciano, you know, almost nobody outside of the Giants publicly commenting on it believes Marco Luciano is a shortstop defensively. They think that he's going to have to switch positions, uh, play third, play corner outfield. And so if that's true, I like haven't seen enough of him. I don't watch a lot of minor league baseball. Um, so I kind of get my feel of a player when I'm seeing them in the majors and from what I saw, I was not, uh, he, he looked okay out there. I mean, I thought he actually looked pretty good, but it's not enough of a sample. And, uh, if he really can't, if you, if they believe if they, they just say that because it, you know, I don't know, they would just say that even if they didn't believe he was a long-term shortstop and you can shift him. And this is what I said. It's like, it, cre- it would, you could create a third base competition with, Casey Schmidt and Marco Luciano, where you've got two young players with a lot of potential kind of battling it out to see who can claim that spot. And then JD Davis would kind of move over to that DH first base type of role. And so that's kind of my opinion is that it wouldn't like actually block Marco Luciano. And, you know, you've got Michael Conforto's contract up at the end of the season. You've got uh, Austin Slater's contract up at the end of the season. Jung Hu Lee is a long-term investment, but you know some corner outfield spots kind of open up after this year, and so it's not. I mean, you you just don't want to go into the year, in my opinion, because you know I don't think I don't want to tolerate another losing or 500 season. I want to see playoffs. I want to see playoff wins. And that's why you trade for a Willie Adamas because Marco Luciano, there's just a much higher probability of getting like poor production because you just don't know exactly what you're going to get. And we saw, you know, it wasn't like he lit the world on fire when he was in the majors or even in AAA. And so, 
Um, I'm all for seeing what they have in him, but you know, if it comes at the cost of moving him off of the shortstop position, I'm okay with that. Especially, you know, Adamus, it is a one year situation, as I said. And so, um, you don't have to extend him. And then you get your look at Luciano at another position and see, see where you're at at the end of the year, you know, so it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't just like put them in a corner and it wouldn't, box out Luciano. So anyway, coming up in just a minute, there's this controversy about Jock Peterson. Surprise, surprise. Jock Peterson, not known for being like a PC, I guess you would say. So what did he do? Why did it offend Giants fans? We will get into it momentarily. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you, yes, of course, by our good friends over at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And happy indeed at this moment in time, if you're a 49ers fan, as they find themselves in Super Bowl 58 coming up in just a few days. So nervous time for sure for a lot of our listeners. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday, when the Niners aren't involved, is usually all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing my favorite snacks, and placing some super bets. That part is true still with the Niners in the big game. Uh, currently, looking at the odds, you know, simple money line is uh, Niners fav- favorites at minus 130, point spread minus 2.5, over under set at 47.5. FanDuel telling me 97 hours, 51 minutes until the Super Bowl kickoff. Um, there's so many ways to get a win, hopefully in addition to the Niners getting the win. Like, you don't just have to bet on who wins the game. But you could, but you can also bet on which players will score a touchdown and more. So new customers join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports book partner of the NFL. All right, as promised, Jock Peterson making stirring controversy with liking a, a Instagram post. Uh, we'll discuss what it was that he liked and why it uh, didn't sit well with Giants fans. Uh, Lockdown has launched, by the way, the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Lockdown Sports Today uh, the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. So, continuing on, the next question comes from uh, Raymond, who says, thoughts on Jock liking that post about the city? And then there's another Jock question after that. So the post was from Fat Mamba 626 Don't know what that user like that's that's the thing so what what the it was a comment probably like below a post of you know with him wearing d-backs gear or whatever like you know showing off that he's joined the d-backs and fat 
Mamba626 says, I don't blame you for leaving San Francisco. Whole city has turned into, and then there's an emoji that suggests that the city has turned into something not very desirable. And um, so what did what was the question? Thoughts on Jock liking that post about the city? Yeah, it's just more of the more of the same, you know, that narrative uh, that exists outside of baseball that uh, I mean, he's from the Bay Area. And so I don't like it. It doesn't sit well with me. And, um, you know, it, it makes me dislike a player who I just rooted for for two years. And so, you know, he didn't do himself any favors with his former team but i guess he doesn't care and so you know again it was almost like i dreamt of this but i'm pretty sure it was not a dream i was thinking like what's the reaction going to be when jock peterson comes back to san francisco and i i expect him to get booed again even before this uh simply because it's not like like he didn't you know all the former giants from the world series winning teams or whatever getting huge ovations and whatnot when they would go to other teams even the dodgers in certain cases like sergio romo and brian wilson i think i think the fans cheered um juan uribe perhaps um but jock peterson like he you know the team didn't do anything while he was here and so i kind of like am back in the mode of he was a dodger for a long time and now he's out here liking posts that are disparaging of his own hometown area's biggest city so um also i know for a fact like he doesn't live in san francisco he would commute from like the peninsula and so like you can like get to the ballpark without like going through the city at all. Really, it's you can just like take 101 or 280 and 101 to 280 and like get off and be right at the ballpark. And so, I don't know what like it's just dumb, dumb of him, but that's his prerogative. And you know, it's just it's very Jock Peterson. Like, I'm not surprised. Uh, and also, the whole city, I don't agree. You know, I go up there from time to time, it has its problems. For sure, I lived there for like nine years in the not too distant past, and the whole city has turned into that. I disagree. I think certain parts of the city have, you know, gotten worse, and certain parts of the city are still stunningly beautiful and unique and uh, special. And the ballpark is one of those places. And if you put a good team out there and a compelling team then people are going to show up again i think and and there's nothing better than that and so hopefully he you know has egg on his face at that point when the revitalization of the city comes around in part because of the revitalization of the giants organization that's that's my hope so next question comes from zf robin who says now that jock's gone who has the most swagger on the team and I'm here to tell you, I think it's Jung Hu Lee. This guy, I mean, if you saw his introductory press conference, I'm I'm almost going to guess that you didn't see it because it's, I don't know, just because, you know, he, he like asked if he looked handsome when he put on the Giants hat with like a wry smile. He's just got a lot of personality. And if he thrives, like if he has success, you know, I've seen bat fl- like highlights out of Korea, bat flips and just being fired up and um 
you know, he's definitely like a player who plays with personality and shows his personality and has flair. And so, uh, and I think he's, he's so much more committed. You know, it felt like Jock was kind of just not that all in. And we had the, you know, reports of the card playing and all that stuff. But, you know, Jung Hoo Lee really wants to be here. He said, like, ever since he was a kid, he dreamed of playing in the major leagues and playing for like a, um, like a, a city that had what are you like piers and stuff a, a not a fishing town but a city like San Francisco that's on the water and has like big barges coming in and blah 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 and that's he just is thrilled to be a giant and um so that's good and and you know I think it was a good signing etc cetera, etc cetera. uh obviously the performance will matter but we have gone over his projections uh that's something we did yesterday um a lot of different projection systems for Jung Hoo Lee, and they all kind of agree that he's this. It's amazing how similar all of the projections are. They're not colluding with each other. There's just agree. There's like consensus that he is this certain type of player that is an above average to potentially borderline all star type of player. And so hopefully that's the case. He's only 25 and he's got some swagger, but it's like it's like a fun swagger versus like a um kind of like insulting to the opponent type anyway next question from anna or anna uh who says what are a few a few examples of ways the front office has integrated differing viewpoints into their decision making process compared to last season so we're gonna get these are a couple of questions about the kind of broader giants organization and I will give you a couple of examples. I think that this offseason, they've, first of all, they said this and have stuck to it that they were kind of done with the short term deals. Like they wanted to acquire players who wanted to be giants and wanted to be here for a, you know, longer than like one year or two year with an opt out duration. And so you've seen, Many multi-year deals like Jung Hoo Lee's deal is six years. It does have an opt out after the fourth, but still that's four guaranteed years. It feels a lot better than one guaranteed year, which we've seen a lot of. Um, and then four years for Jordan Hicks, the pitcher, uh, which is also a significant kind of investment. You've got a two year with a club option deal for Tom Murphy, the catcher who figures to knock Joey Bart kind of off the roster and then you've got um is in terms of signings uh i feel like i'm forgetting somebody but they also they also uh the the trade for robbie Ray. they've made some like sig- like significant trades but some in like really interesting trades um and kind of targeting upside as well i think there's upside in Jordan Hicks versus like kind of targeting safer type players. They've been more like upside oriented. I would say this off season, Robbie Ray upside, but like coming off Tommy John, Jung Hoo Lee upside, but you know, unproven coming out of Korea, Jordan Hicks upside, but moving from the bullpen to the rotation. So a lot of these guys are similar in a lot of ways in that they have that upside, but they also have that question mark. Um, and that is different. 
and they have made at least three. I feel like I'm forgetting someone, but I don't see them on my uh, on the roster chart. But at least three commitments of three plus years, if you count the club option on Tom Murphy. And so I like that. And and so there have definitely been some changes, and I don't think they're done. And I think that there's still a long-term deal or two out there for them to make. So anyway, coming up in just a minute, more about the state of the Giants organization. We are going to get into, am I proud of the Giants organization right now? That is a loaded question, and we'll answer it momentarily. And before we do... All right, as promised, more questions and answers. This time, uh, a few questions about the state of the organization. We give a few examples of the ways the front office has integrated differing viewpoints into their decision-making. And now Connor SF says, are you proud of of the Giants organization? Are you proud to be a Giants fan right now? Or were you proud to be a Giants fan back when the Giants, or when the organization was run differently, Bochy era? And just hopeful that it will get back to something to be proud of. So first of all, broadly speaking, I am proud of the Giants organization because it's not just about the present moment. Like I, I'm committed to this kind of organization, no matter what state they're in. And I would probably answer that I'm, unless they were just a total clown show, which I don't think they are you know we act like a couple of 500 ish seasons is like the the world has fallen apart i get it it's not good enough but at the same time you know if they're losing 110 games or whatever that's a different story than being 500 and um so broadly speaking unless they were like just a perennial clown show which they're not i'm gonna be proud of the history and the recent history of championships, uh, I still consider that recent and uh, hopeful for the future. But um, are you proud, getting to the second question, are you proud to be a Giants fan right now? Um, like specifically, obviously the team hasn't been good enough. I'm not out there like, like if I wear my Giants gear out in public, I know like if I run into someone who wants to talk about the Giants, their their opinion is negative right now. So I understand that. And so from that standpoint, like, look, I'm not embarrassed to wear my Giants hat out in public, but maybe actually there is like a tenth of a percentage of embarrassment when I wear my Giants hat. And so but that's like, more about the performance on the field and and, and also just knowing there's so, there's so much negativity out there amongst the fans. Um And then it's just kind of like, this is like one of those questions where uh, it's not really fair. Was I proud to be a Giants fan when they won three World Series in a five-year span? Like, duh, no offense, Connor SF, but like, of course, who you, if you weren't proud of them then, then you would never be proud of them. So of course I was proud back then that around that time, you know, you wore a giant, everybody wore their giants hat. You know, that, that was the team is like the Niners now and the warriors of the recent past, you know, they were, they were the team right then. And of course, um, so yeah, I want them to be better and I'll be, I want to get back to like not being slightly embarrassed to wear my giants gear around, but in, 
in the whole scheme of things, the 140-year history of the Giants or whatever it is, to be a fan of that team, I'm going to be proud almost no matter what, unless they're a clown show, which they're not. They're not, you know, they're not. A, they're not. They're not one of the worst run organizations in baseball. If anything, it's too middle of the pack, but it's not an embarrassment to me. Only slightly, I guess. So the next question comes from Jennifer, who says, do you think a couple of signings slash moves are imminent after they can add Cobb and Ray to the 60-day IL on February 14th? And Brian asks, do you think some moves are waiting in the wings until next week when they can put some guys on the 60 IL, Ray and Cobb? And so two questions, two identical questions from two different people and um i don't know the answer to this like i I recall when they signed wilmer flores initially way back in 2020 uh that it was reported that they had reached an agreement with wilmer flores and then it just didn't become official for like three weeks and we were just like what the heck is going on and i think it had to do with them waiting until after they could put some guys on the 60 day, 60 day IL. And so be, the, the reason for that, by the way, for those who don't know, is that, uh, putting guys on the 60 day IL, you can't do it. I don't, I haven't verified that the date is 214, but I'm going to trust Jennifer on that. I know it com- comes up pretty soon. Um, when you can put guys on the 60 day injured list, first of all, that those 60 days don't start until the season starts. Um, but it, they they are like excluded from being counted on the 40-man roster. And so if you have a full 40-man roster and you sign a player, you've got to clear a spot by like designating someone for assignment or trading somebody uh, for someone who, you know, in a trade that's for someone who's not already on the for, another 40-man roster. And so, yeah, that that deadline is a big deal when you've got a couple of guys who figure to go on that 60-day IL. Definitely Robbie Ray. Um so if you're at this stage, like you kind of might as well wait if you can. And so that's definitely possible, but I wouldn't like totally bank on it, but it's definitely possible that that could be something that's going on. Chris says, if you were Farhan, would you rather pay six years, $180 million for Blake Snell or trade uh, for Jesus Luzardo in a prospect package costing at least Carson Wisenhunt, Carson Wisenhunt or possibly Marco Luciano as the player back to Miami? So I've got to first do the quick math, 6-180. That is $30 million a year over six years for a player in Snell who is entering his age what is it? Thirty-one season. So you're you'd, you'd be paying him through his age thirty-six season, thirty million a year. Or we need to look at the contract status for Jesus Luzardo. Jesus Luzardo is um, with three years of team control left this year, making five point five million in arbitration via you know the arbitration process in year one of arbitration eligibility, I should say. Uh, so it's like a three-year guarantee, um, and he's 26 years old. And when I look at the numbers, he's really good. And so that's a good question. I mean, that's a that's a very good question. I don't. I think that's too big of a contract for Snell. So that's what makes me kind of 
think about it. If you're talking, if it was just Carson Wisenhunt and you're getting Luzardo back, I think that I would rather trade Wisenhunt for three years of a really good pitcher in Luzardo who's young and uh, good. And again, it's three years. So I, I do think it would cost more than just Wisenhunt. It might take Wisenhunt and Luciano, honestly, for a player of that caliber. And in that case, it really just depends on your evaluation of Luciano. And for me, as a guy who doesn't watch a lot of minor league baseball or hardly any, it's hard for me. I'm just relying on scouting reports with Luciano. You know, I don't, I haven't seen him play enough to make a strong evaluation. I mean, the the numbers in the minor leagues haven't been as good as you would hope. And so that feels like fair-ish, but I'd probably just rather spend the money if you if it's both of those players um, and just kind of take on the risk of that many years for Snell. I don't mind 30 million a year, but six years for a guy who's going to be 31, who's a pitcher, it just really makes me nervous. And I don't see any precedent for that. Like, I mean, I guess Carlos Rodon, but I'm pretty sure Rodon was a year younger when he got six years last year. And it also, Rodon didn't get that much. It was like six years, 168, 162 million. And Kevin Gosman, a year younger, got only five years. And so I don't see Blake Snell getting six years, although he probably wants it. Last question comes from Flashy, who says, okay, real question. Do you think the 107-win season was actually the worst thing that happened for the Giants' long-term strategy, soft rebuild, reset, question mark, Farhan Zaidi, and Gabe game plan? Um, I'm going to say no, and I'm going to say no because they. I don't think that it fooled them too much because I implore you, use that word twice today, I don't think I've ever used it before on this show, and I've used it twice in one day. To check out, it was like maybe two weeks ago, Tim Kawakami, the TK show on The Athletic podcast. It's a podcast, part of The Athletic. Uh, interview with Farhan Zaidi. And basically, Kawakami asked Farhan Zaidi, like, do you regret not doing more after that 107-win season? And I just thought his answer to that question was like the most relevant and interesting part of that whole conversation because basically what he said was he just went straight into explaining that that it was tough economic times and uh no fans in the stands in 2020 and then restrictions heavy restrictions on fans to start 2021 obviously due to covid and the fact that he was like he did it didn't sound like an excuse at all. What it sounded like was a little window into what was going on, which was that they seemingly weren't willing to spend more money than they spent. And they didn't spend a ton. Like they let Kevin Gosman leave and instead kind of spread the money around on, on like, this is what I was talking about earlier with safer players like Alex Wood and Anthony DiScalfani safer in the sense that they're not as long-term they're not as high priced um and the the only position player they signed was jock peterson for one year six million dollars and so i think it had the the way that they kind of went into that off season 
when there were a lot of stars out there and they it, it was different like the next two years they were clearly in on like judge and Correa, and now this year otani and yamamoto but that year we didn't hear a lot of connections with them with anybody who was a big player like including their own big player in kevin gosman who said they never made him an offer and so i think Zaidi kind of opened the curtain, peeled back the curtain a little bit and said it was it was restrictions on the budget um, after a couple of really tough economic years. That's that's what he said. Like, it's there if you want to listen to it. I don't think that they were fooled. They knew that they massively outperformed expectations, even their own. So. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers, we've got a ton more mailbag questions, so we'll get to more of those coming up tomorrow. And also, uh, if anything happens, we will have that as the primary focus. Any signings, trades, rumors, whatever, we'll get to that as well. So uh, don't forget, Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And you, and now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik. K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.